police have identified more victims and plan on more than just the four murder charges filed today. Confirm earlier reports of cannibalism. The building was a scene of ghoulish slaughter. A large kettle on the stove which held boiled body parts. Identified more victims. Killed even more. And plan on more than just the four murder charges filed today. Had sex with some of his victims before he killed them. And that he was also a necrophiliac. You are now listening to Grind True Crime with your host, Maddie Mack, Todd Fox, and Danny Hey, 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 welcome into another episode of the Grinding True Crime Podcast with your host, Maddie Matt, along with our narrator for today, Todd Fox, and the other host of the show. And we are back kicking it live for another episode of the Grinding True Crime Podcast. But before we get that started, I want to let you guys know, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, listen to us on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, all those good things. Just type in the Grinding True Crime Podcast, and there you can listen to some of our previous shows and also follow us. We really appreciate it. With all that being said, Todd Fox is going to break down another case for us. But before we get that started, this is a case involving children. So if you don't like to hear stuff like that, listener's discretion is advised. Uh, with that all that being said, Todd Fox, you got the floor. Okay, everybody. <clears throat> um, this is the story of Mac Ray Edwards. What a name that? <laughs> what do you he think? deserve to be in a true crime box. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> now you know a couple shows back we did the uh, the uh, Skid Row Slasher, which for most mm-hmm. people they didn't know about this serial killer. You Me know, neither. yeah, flew under the radar. I didn't even know about it till recently. Mm-hmm. Um, here's another one um, that he killed prolifically, and um, the thing is with him is uh, they're still looking for his his body count and yeah and uh this is one that took place from the years of 1949 to 1970 dang yeah so this uh this this guy was on the loose and on nobody's radar so and they didn't link any of the um uh, incidents to him whatsoever so so he was on a 21 year killing spree. Yes. Yes. Jeez. So <clears throat> let's get our story started, shall we? Um, let's talk about. Hold on, let me get over here to the page because I kind of pressed the wrong thing. Let's talk about his biography real quick. Uh, Mac Ray Edwards was born in Arkansas. He moved to Los Angeles County in 1941 and he began his. Um, his work as a heavy equipment operator for Caltrans, working for the early freeways. Okay. Yeah. That's a good... My mom works for Caltrans. Yep. And um, he um, he decided to do something on March 6, 1970. At the time, now he's 50 years old, a blue-collar worker, and uh, working for Caltrans. And the, the man... I mean, if you look at his picture, he looks as average as average can be. If you were to type up a middle-aged white man, average California at the time, his picture would show up. <laughs> <laughs> so um, 
he uh, he came in one day uh, to the uh, police department, Los Angeles Police Department, with his his hair combed to the side. Uh, you know, he's it's receding a little bit on top, so I can I know what he's going through. And oh. um, <laughs> <laughs> he literally came up to the officer that you know checks you in about information, whatnot, and he said, uh, "I want to speak to someone about a crime." So um, when when the, when another police officer came by and says, "Okay, what do you want to talk about?" He handed the uh, the next police officer a handgun, loaded, and placed it on the counter. And um, he also said that uh, he wanted to confess that he was um, that he had a teenage accomplice that was 15 years old, and that they were re- responsible for a recent robbery. And kidnapping of three young girls. Wow. So he turned himself in? Yes. Wow. So what happened was with the kidnapping, when the police investigated, it was a close call for the three young girls, all former neighbors of Mr. Edwards. He and his accomplice had broken into their home during the early morning hours as the parents had left for work. Um, they stole a few items from the home, then abducted the girls who were 12, 13, and 14. Dang. The sadistic pair forced the girl to write notes before leaving, claiming that they were running away from home. They were driven to, uh, let's see, let's see if you guys can know what is the, um, what is the most famous area in California, or at least in Southern California, where bodies are dumped. Um. Oh my God, Joshua Tree. I'm gonna say Long Beach Pier. No, not Long Beach Pier. No, this is a uh, Angeles National Forest. Really? Yeah. That there's stolen cars, like left in lakes, bodies, all kinds of stuff up there. They find, especially right. like after forest fires and the the brush is cleared, then they wind oh. up finding bodies. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's. Never good, but um, so this area was familiar to Edwards, and one could only assume that they would have killed them all after uh, after they finished torturing them. But thankfully, two of the three girls were able to escape. Um, this sudden change of plans with Edwards and his accomplice, they began to panic. They decided to flee the scene, leaving the three abducted girls, including the one they still had in custody. Uh, unattended next to the vehicle. Um, for whatever reason, the 15-year-old accomplice hitched a ride back into, into the city, and Edwards wound up making his way to the police department where he eventually turned himself in. So he didn't kill those girls? No, but they had a plan of, of rape, torture, and then killing. Wow. wow. Yeah. Um. After the initial confession that Edwards would tell the police of his intentions, he would go on to stun authorities. He would admit to the brutal murders of six missing California children, many of whom were suspected of being runaways by the authorities. Wow. The um, married father of two moved to Los Angeles in 1941 Started working for Caltrans, doing all the heavy equipment, um, like sort of like those big tractor hose and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, he got his degree from um, uh, comp- 
Compton University. Word. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then uh, let's. So he, while getting his degree for the tractor moving and the heavy equipment and everything, he would abduct his first victim, which was an eight-year-old Stella Darlene Nolan of Compton, California. Uh, she would be abducted. Um, what is it? Uh, abducted and took into Norwalk, the Norwalk area where they were building the freeway, and um, the suspect, the what is it called? The police were notified that the girl was missing, and about a month later, uh, they would uh, police would arrest the victim's cousin, an unemployed twenty-year-old who wouldn't keep his story straight. So. <laughs> one of these guys who was just involving himself in the case. Ooh, what an idiot. Yeah. Um, he would eventually be cleared of all wrongdoing and released. But a few months later, a teenager got police interest, then claimed to hold the key to the case. He was later found to be lying and quickly dismissed. So years would be, uh, would pass before Stella's family would learn of the truth of what really happened to her. Dang. Did they find the body? Yeah, they would later find her body. Um, and it was because of the confession back in 1970. Uh, Edward would confess and lead um, detectives to her body. It was underneath a local freeway. So they had to dig a hole in the area where they had paved and made the on-ramp for one of the freeways. Basically, he took the girl, uh, molested her, and then with his tractor at nighttime just buried her and then the the next day you know the guys would come by and pave over the road just wow. go back to work like nothing what a sicko yeah basically he, he, it didn't it didn't bother him back then um he also uh eventually abducted another girl whose name he couldn't remember and he would dump her over the bridge uh edwards would return to uh, dump her at a site not too far from the first body uh, a couple days later. Like, he, I guess no one found the body in the lake, so he went back, grabbed the body, put it back in. How old was she? Uh, she was 10. Okay. Yeah. So then um, August 6, 1956, these are the ones that he's just confessing to. Uh, 15-year-old Donald Lee Baker and 12-year-old Brenda Joe Howell disappeared from their house in Azusa, California. The pair were riding bikes together while Brenda was visiting her uh, visiting family. She was actually the sister-in-law of Edwards, and he told authorities that he paid Donald $7 uh, for, uh, for a bouquet, uh, for a bouquet to uh, come in. And upon arrival, Edwards claimed to have separated the two then began beating Donald with a rock and proceeded to slice his throat. Brenda, Brenda started to approach and Edwards panicked and killed Brenda shortly afterwards. A bike and a jacket belonging to the two were found, but their bodies have never been found. Edwards tried to give a location to the burial site, but it yielded nothing. Dang. So he killed his sister-in-law's kids. Dang. Yeah. <clears throat> so, he, oh, go ahead. No, he's twisted. Yeah, he's pretty twisted. And this is like this is like coming out of nowhere. This is another one of those 
where we talked about a couple weeks ago, the Skid Row Slasher, not knowing his true biography other than where he grew up and kind of a few things that happened to him. This thing, this guy, we don't know much about him and you'll know why later as well. Is this thing? Yeah, this thing. I don't even want to call him a human at this point. Yeah, well, yeah he is a thing. Yeah. So he, he goes on to tell the police as they're just writing this stuff down. I mean, he, I mean, he, he took them out. They got the body, the, the bodies of the first couple, but they were not able to find these two that were blood related to him. Um, Edwards claimed to have taken a hiatus from this, uh, from the murders for a few years and the police did not believe him, but they kept indulging him to get him to confess to what he would confess to. And uh, they were hoping to find more bodies and close more cases. So over a decade later, he would claim that the next known victim, the next murder, was a 16-year-old Gary Ratch- uh, Rock Roquet. Yeah, I want to say Roquet. It's R-O-C-H-E-T. Um, from Granada Hills on November 26, 1968. So all these are taking place in SoCal. Um, Edwards broke into the home with the intention of kidnapping Gary's younger sister, but he claimed he was startled by the teenage boy, shot him then fled the home. Um, A few weeks later, on December 16, 1968, Edwards would claim yet another victim, 15-year-old Roger Dell Madison of Silmar, California, left his home after an argument with his parents. He was lured to a nearby orange grove by a friend's father. The father was Edwards. See, it's all connected. He claimed to have stabbed the boy multiple times, buried his body with a bulldozer under the freeway in Thousand Oaks. Wow. The boy's remains have still not been recovered. Dang. The following year uh, would see the final confirmed murder of Mac Ray Edwards, which was a 13-year-old Donald Allen Todd, who was abducted from Pacoima, his Pacoima home on May 16, 1969. He would be found near his home sexually assaulted and shot to death underneath a bridge donald lived in edward's neighborhood and may have never known his or may have never knew his own killer so this guy's just killing to kill yeah and he's not venturing out too far to do it so wherever he's in the area whoever he knows whether it's family or not they're gonna get it wow this guy's a psycho yeah, so do you guys think that he has a conscience at all? No. You would think that because he's <laughs> confessing, there's some kind of a little crumb of conscience, but the fact that he does it like nothing, uh, I guess not. Okay, well, he, he does have a bit of a conscience, but what do you think it pertains to? Because if you guys get this, it'll be awesome. I'm going to say it pertains, pertains to little girls. Gabby? Conscience? Um, I'm just going to say it has to do with his family, the ones that he, he couldn't live with that one. Nope. Both wrong, but it, it would have been funny if you guys would have got this because his, his quote is, is kind of funny to me. In a not funny episode, obviously, because crime is not... And killing and murder is not funny, but his quote when they asked him about how he felt about everything, his quotes, uh, Edward says here, I have a guilt comp- complex. I, could eat, I couldn't eat and I couldn't sleep 
and it was beginning to affect my work. You know, I'm I'm a heavy equipment operator. The long the lo- that long grader I'm used now cost a lot of money, two hundred thousand. I might wreck it, or overturn it and hurt someone. That's what he. That's what was a. Wow. Conscience. Yeah. Overturn it and hurt someone. He's not worried about hurting somebody. He was. He was worried about hurting someone with his work equipment, not wow. what he was doing to kids. Not the fact that he ended lives. Exactly. So. Yeah. Imagine you have this piece of trash sitting within feet of you and you're trying to interrogate him. And he's saying that. You probably would have snapped. Yeah, I would have. I probably would have, dude. (laughs) Would have thrown my coffee in his face at least. Something. I don't know. He's a turd. He ain't trash. Exactly. Um, So authorities did not buy this either. They felt that a human being like this could not have or be a human being with a conscience like that. Uh, it was only out of fear that uh, of one of his uh, escaped victims that he confessed, according to law enforcement. Mm-hmm. And after his shocking confessions, Edwards would eventually be charged with mur- the murder of three bodies that were actually found. He would plead guilty also to the other three and be sentenced to death in 1971. Edwards, hey. Edwards would go on um, to say about his sentencing... I want the chair. That's what I've always wanted. My lawyer told me uh, there are a hundred, uh, hundreds of men waiting to die in the chair. I'm asking the judge if I can have that man's fir- the first man's place. I want to move all the way to the top of the list. He's sitting there sweating right now. I'm not sweating. I'm ready for it. Wow. Yep. So... Right. (laughs) Um, While in prison, though, um, here's how it plays out. Edwards may have soon found out um, how difficult it was to be executed in California. And uh, I think he did his research because, as we've talked about, too, you know, the Manson family or Charles Manson died of natural causes uh, on death row. All these, mm-hmm. all these murders are going to die on death row. Like they're not going to get executed. So, what is the sentencing? Is they're going to take forever to do it? Newsom. Yeah, Newsom actually put a moratorium on the governor of California. Put a, a moratorium on any kind of death sentences. So there are none at this point until until he's removed from office. Which could be soon. <sighs> yeah, it could be. <laughs> um, Further give people the freedom they think they have to do worse things because they're not going to get death. Yep, exactly. And see, this guy, they they could have saved, I mean, you could save taxpayers a grip of money by executing, <laughs> especially the guys that are truly guilty, you know. Um, but in this case, Edwards would have three attempts on his own life. Wow. <clears throat> and uh, first he attempted to slash himself with a razor blade. Um he somehow got himself some sleeping pills. I don't want to know how he got those in there. I don't know how he got those. <laughs> but, but, and here's the problem too. Why are these guys on death row getting the privilege of a TV? And they shouldn't have stuff that, you know, they're on death row. They shouldn't have anything. They should have a dark cell. We got to work to pay for a TV and they get it for free. And three a day. 
Yes, and healthcare too. If they get sick, they get healthcare. Absolutely. And they don't really have to work how people work. Only thing they have to do is watch their buttons. Yep, pretty much. And here's the thing right here too. Um, um, he finally succeeded by using that television. He was able to uh, cut the cord, not uh, what people do today to save money on cable, but he cut the cord to the TV and strangled himself in the San Quentin jail cell on October 30th, 1971. Wow. So that is not the end of the story, though. What? But yeah. he's dead. <laughs> he's dead, but it's not the end. Um so while in prison, though, before he committed suicide, he told several cellmates or inmates on death row when they would have their hour of um, time in the wreck area that he killed upwards to 20 people or 20, 20 kids. Um, so over 40 years have passed since his death, 50 years since some of his crimes have taken place. And his name still pops up in police departments across California when bones are discovered. He is still suspected of a number of unsolved child murders from those time periods. Because there still are several kids that were missing that were in the area or close to uh, Edwards at time periods where he worked on freeways, where he lived because he bounced in and around areas uh, because of work. Um the first of which on March 23rd is a disappearance of Thomas uh, Eldon Bowen in 1957. He was from Redondo Beach. Um, he was on a family outing in Pasadena with his family. Uh, when they returned to the car, Thomas did not come back with the other kids from the park. And um, he was reported missing. And uh, there was letters found that he was that he ran away uh, from you know, the family would receive some letters later on that he ran away. This fits Edward's profile. Remember he told the other kids to write letters. Mm -hmm. So they're figuring that this kid is another one that he, he got as well. Wow. Um, let's see. Do, 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 do. Also, uh, he's also, um, connected to a six year old Bruce Howard, uh, Craman in Granada Hills. Bruce was, uh, in the national, Angeles National Forest with a YMCA uh, camping trip on July 12, 1960, when he started playing too far from the camp. So he wound, up, he wound up too far outside of the camp in the wilderness. While out of range, he just simply vanished. Little evidence was ever found of the kid, um, but it was a, tr a tragic incident at the time. Uh, there was a disappearance of an 11-year-old, uh, two 11-year-old kids from Torrance, Karen, Karen Lynn Tompkins disappeared on August 18th, 1961, and Dorothy Gale Brown disappeared July 3rd, 1962. Uh, they were both attending, uh, or both disappeared from an art, art class. Uh, she and her brother usually would go together, but her brother had left early in the evening, letting her walk home, which was only five blocks away from the art area to her house. The second girl disappeared following... Um, uh, the following year abducted in Torrance and was later found in the waters off of Newport beach. She had been sexually uh, assault assaulted and thrown into the waters to drown. Dang. So, so the list goes on and just, just in the um, last summer uh, or yeah, in 2019, the summer of 2019, there was two digs 
off of the five freeway here locally in the South Bay area because Edwards worked on the five freeway. And then also there was a dig in the Orange County area. I want to say Riverside where they Mm -hmm. were looking for bodies because it was um, some writings that uh, Edwards had wrote years ago in prison describing possible areas where he left some bodies. Wow. So it's still an open case and 50 years later. And wow. he's already dead. And he's already dead. He's long dead. Dang. Yep. So what was it? Um, he had like a fetish for boys and girls or what? Like, because the girls, I hear he sexually assaulted, but the boys, why would he kill the boys? Well, the one boy was, sec- they did find one boy that was sexually assaulted. Um, the other ones were... He snuck up on trying to get the girls on two occasions, and the boys interrupted, so he just offed them. And um, the other, you know, it's not. See, this is the thing. Those are the only answers I have. I don't have much more on it because this guy, the secrets died with him, mm-hmm. and no one really did a deep dive on him. And sort of just like the same thing with Von Ray Edwards, uh, or or no, Von Green Greenwood. Uh, from the Skid Row Slasher episode, um, he just he didn't talk. So um, the Skid Row Slasher only mentioned one thing to one inmate um, years later, and he just stayed mute. And this guy was sort of the same, other than bragging that he had multiple victims. He did write a few things down, but we just don't know his intentions. We don't know if it was a sexual fetish. We don't know if he just had to kill or something was telling him, if he heard voices. We don't know. Crazy. Oh, frustrating. Yeah, this was a frustrating case. And didn't he have an accomplice the first? What yeah, the- what happened to the accomplice? Funny you should ask that. So what what do you think happened to his 15-year-old accomplice? I'm going to say he turned his life around and became a Christian or something. <laughs> I think because he was 15, he might have accused him that he kidnapped him and he had no option that he actually doesn't do it for his own pleasure that he was being held hostage by the guy. You guys are both right. <laughs> to be honest. Really? With you. So, so here's what happened. The 15 year old who is not named to this day, uh, was arrested, but was not linked to any of Edward's prior cases. So basically he was going in on this one first time. Uh, to do exactly the dreaded stuff that Edwards wanted to do with these three young girls. However, um, he used the the fact that he was coerced by Edwards and also brainwashed and uh, groomed to be evil. So he used that, and then his age also came into play. So he mm-hmm. only went to juvie for nine months, and then he went to a halfway house or a kid's like a boarding house or whatever, where they take care of, um, uh, you know, abusive kids or stuff like that. Mm. He was, he was only sentenced to stay there till his 18th birthday where then he found God and he reformed and is somewhere unknown at this point. Oh, so he's protected. Yes. Wow. I guess he's <laughs> good for him. I, <laughs> Yeah, this one has a sudden drop-off where you're like, really? <laughs> yeah. 
it's a little confusing, but I mean, it pisses me off because mm-hmm. he's still engaged in that behavior, and who is to know that he actually didn't participate in the other ones? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I don't want to judge him because with the whole chicken coop murders, you know, yeah, he. It was that, like, he wasn't guilty himself. It was the uncle who was threatening him. He was afraid. He had to do what he had to do, you know? Exactly. I don't blame him, and therefore I'm not going to point the finger at this kid without knowing, because maybe it was true, maybe it wasn't. Yeah, because that's what we're hoping for, is that um, it's not like the chicken coop murders where he actually had blood on his hands. Uh, as far as we know, this kid, yes, he he um, was down for the cause and he participated in the kidnaps and they didn't get to the torture part and they didn't get to the rape and the murder. So, you know, if at least things didn't go down the way that they had planned it. So that's the only saving grace. And like Gabby said, hopefully he's reformed and, you know, maybe he didn't commit any more offenses. Maybe this was just something of a wake-up call. We just don't know that information on him either. Yeah. Well, at least the actual suspect in this is no longer living. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a relief. But as, but as of right now, as of this moment right now, this is an active cold case in the Los Angeles Police Department. So he probably then got several bodies that's unaccounted for. Six confirmed, and they're at least thinking that there's uh, between six to eight more. But he claimed that there was uh, uh, twenty, fourteen more. Yeah. So, but they're believing with the with the mos that they could link him to six to eight kids, and I just gave you a few that they're suspected of, or that he's suspected of. So there could be a lot of bodies under the freeways here, huh? Yes. Yes, indeed. Dang. Wow. Because he would go back to his old, you know, like he would take the body with him, take it out after hours when Caltrans wasn't working, and just use his tractor and put the bodies where he had to. No one knew the wiser. So that freeway, the 110 freeway, could have a lot of evidence underneath the 91, the 5. He he worked in a lot of the early freeways. Wow. Yep. Mm. Deep. See, between it was dangerous to be living around the 60s, 70s, and 80s yeah. in California, <laughs> man. <laughs> Especially with the police back then. They sucked. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> with all the cases we've done. Man. Yeah. <laughs> That's that is- how it... <laughs> Man, and these are white kids we talking about. Imagine me, man. We, we they'd have never found me. Yeah, they're all like, "There's black kids missing." What? Black kids missing? Next case. Yeah, they're all like, "That's not news." Oh man, dang, that's that's very interesting. I now that I think about it, the freeway could really possibly be evidence. Hmm. That's interesting. I hate how all these bastards want to act tough and be brave and crap. And it's like they get their sentencing and the bastards don't even last long enough before they kill themselves. Like, what? Yeah. 
I mean, you have on one side, you have a guy like this who was just eking to be killed. Yeah. And, and then you have a guy like the Golden State Killer who's like, dude, I'll tell you everything. Just spare my life, dude. Like, please, you know, <laughs> he's begging. Yeah. To- I mean, because with him, he, he, you know, after he was done, he he lived his life. You know, he had a good, I guess, a good life afterward. Mm hmm. He just so. he just blended in. And that's the scary thing. This guy was as average as average can be on nobody's radar. And he 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 just blended right in. Wow, that is scary. You never know who you live around. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And he only gave up himself because he didn't want to be hunted down or looking over his shoulder because the three girls got away, and he he feared that they could identify him. <clears throat> then why not shoot yourself there and then? I know, but but the good thing is they were able to solve a couple more cases by him staying staying alive. Maybe they, if he shoots himself, they wouldn't know about that other stuff. Yeah. That's true, but if he had waited for his real sentence, then more cases would have been solved. Mm-hmm. And what's, what's kind of fun, well, kind of eerie is they did find some more bones, too. I left a part out in 2015, and they thought it was uh, bones related to Edwards, one of his murders, because it was in a construction zone where a freeway was being retrofitted. So they were able to get to the prior, underneath the prior concrete, and whatnot, and they found a, they found a body. So they were figuring, oh my gosh, you know, this is one of his bodies. No, it wound up being old um, Indian burial ground. So they found several more areas of bones. Oh wow! Yeah. That's the other thing you got to look out for. I mean, California was a big Native American area too, so they find bones of uh, Native Americans from time to time. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. That's wrong. That's disrespectful. Yeah, I know. But they Build did those people's graves. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> they did think about that, and they did donate it to the Native American. Um, there's a organization that takes care of stuff like that. But I, I could imagine like Gabby, Gabby said, it's not right. They were probably hoping that they would just leave the bot, the, the body where it's at. But, uh, they were like, no, you take body. So. Why you do that? Tom? I don't know. I should have sounded like the white man, huh? No, you take the body. We don't want it. And he says, no, you keep underground sacred. Nah, you take the body. <laughs> no, why you do that? I'm sorry. <laughs> oh man. Oh. So that's our case. But, oh, well, that was our second case, ladies and gentlemen. Wait, wait, wait! Before I do, was that was it, Todd? Was there anything? No, that was it on this one. Mac Ray Edwards was just another obscure serial killer from that time period where no DNA dumb cops and it just seemed like everyone was looking the other way and uh, another guy got away with it up until the very end he had money he had the looks and he had the skin color (laughs) (laughs) don't trust your neighbors (laughs) so the moral of this story is it could be anyone it can be yeah well, thank you, Todd, for breaking down that story. 
And for the audience for listening, we appreciate it. And for those who wants to continue to listen to some of our stories, you know what to do. Follow our Facebook page, our Instagram page. Follow us on iHeartRadio, iTunes, all those good things. Just type in the Grinding True Crime Podcast. And there you can listen to some of our previous episodes as well as this one we just did. So, with that all being said, this is your host, Maddie Matt, along with our narrator today, Todd Fox. And the other host of the show, Gabby Gabby. And we are signing off. Peace. All right. Cool. <laughs> that was good.